Now, it's time to get your morning started the right way. It's the Morning Tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Lindsey Brown on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Thanks for being with us here on Raider Nation Radio. It's the Morning Tailgate. Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonsignor, and Vinny is live at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. We'll get more sound from AP Scrum as well as hear from other players at the Combine Perspective Draftees. That might be a Raider one day. 702-365-9200 is the text line and phone number to reach us here. Don't forget, text the word OUTLAWS to the text line 702-365-9200. Get into the drawing and you could win $2,024. Case Kiefer is with us right now. The assistant writer, assistant sports editor and writer covering the Raiders with the Las Vegas Sun as well as Las Vegas Weekly Magazine. He joins us here coming off a beautiful sojourn with the family. Thank you for joining us, Case. How are you? Uh, great. Thanks for having me, as always. Where'd you go? Uh, nowhere too exciting. Just to Orlando. Uh, did did some things for the uh, for, for the three year old. Uh, have some family down right. there. So I was gone about a week, but uh, back in, back in Vegas now and ready to uh, get back into things. House of Mouse visit? Uh, no, actually, we went mainly because uh, he's he's a big Peppa Pig fan, and they have a Peppa Pig theme park now. So we went there, and then we did uh, Universal. I didn't know how much he'd love it. He absolutely loved the rides. Oh, good! Uh, even ones that were intense. So uh, Disney will have to be on the, the the next time. Well, that's fantastic. He's not getting everything so early. There's something to work up to. So we're glad to have <laughs> you back in the saddle here, Case Chief Keith. And and we were just talking a little bit about uh, some cornerbacks because Vinny just talked a few minutes ago to Terry on Arnold at the draft combine. He's in Indianapolis, and and in my ranking in terms of things most important to address, quarterback, then offensive line, defensive line, and then corner. But where do you put in list of, of, of positions to improve potentially with high capital? Because it might come to a point where you're picking a, a really skilled cornerback at that spot at 13. Uh, yeah, you're really close to me. I thought we were going to nail it. I might be of the camp, and I've gone back and forth on this. I know it's a debate, but I might have the the cornerback position uh, even higher than defensive line. I think uh, you know, getting the. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you have a game changing uh, D lineman, it's huge. But but I feel like there's a deeper uh, pool of cornerbacks that can make a bigger impact right away. So uh, I'm totally with you on the top two, but I think cornerback probably number three for me and. Uh, uh, I, I think it's a, a, a good option um, for the Raiders if they have a guy they like, if, if someone uh, is there. So uh, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna see me uh, complaining about using draft capital on uh, the defensive backfield for sure. I, I think uh, cornerback uh, extremely important and be high for me. It's Raider Nation Radio here on the Morning Tailgate R&R 920 AM on X. Then yesterday when we heard from uh, you know oh there we go hey Vinny you're back with us I'm sorry thank you. Yeah, uh, no worries. Um, a little technical. Uh, Sorry about that. There. Yeah, that's all good. Um, Case, we heard Antonio Pierce uh, yesterday talk about, uh, and you know, I think uh, it, it, it created a few headlines, and rightfully so, uh, that the Raiders should be done with Band-Aid quarterbacks and temporary solutions. It's time to go get the franchise quarterback uh, that he envisions for this team for the next decade, a guy that you could build your team around and, and, and compete with the Patrick Mahomeses and the Chiefs. Uh, that's, all, that's obviously, um, you know, a, a tall task, but I think the point being, he wants to be aggressive in going to get that player, whoever that player uh, turns out to be in, the, in this draft, in their eyes. Uh, where are you uh, on that? And, and do you feel like Antonio is, is, is speaking to the owner, uh, maybe to the general manager, Tom Telesco, and saying, hey, um, uh, let's be aggressive here. Uh, let's, let's go do what it takes to go get a quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all expected uh, that was their mindset. I'm sure if you're a fan, you, you hoped that was uh, uh, w- what they were thinking. But I, I know to hear uh, Antonio Pierce say it uh, has to be uh, comforting, and, and I totally agree with him. It is uh, past the time um, for Band-Aids. And, and if, if you want to win, uh, as they do, this isn't a rebuild. Uh, as we know, if you want to compete at the highest level, especially in this division, you've got to get um, – this position right and uh, you know I, I think you do make a good point there I think it's even more uh, you know Antonio Pierce might be even more um, you know d- determined to to get it done because uh, you know as, as the coach he knows um, that that's a place where they have to improve so you know I, I'm sure it's uh, organizationally uh, everyone is on the same page and knows it but I, I think uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt uh, AP's cause to be uh, publicly putting it out there and uh, you know really bashing it into the heads of people I, I think it is the right outlook uh, and like I said, I, I think you should be happy if you're a Raiders fan that uh, he, he went out and said that. Speaking with Case Kiefer, Las Vegas Sun here on the morning tailgate. Then when you're thinking about that just term Band-Aid, so that, does that, in your eyes, rule out Russell Wilson? And also, does it also rule out Justin Fields? Yeah, you know, I think what's how some of the things fell uh, this offseason, and I know I was the guy, I think probably on this show, I think you guys asked me who was going to be the next quarterback uh, probably even before the Super Bowl or probably at the end of a regular season, and I said Justin Fields, but I think that's, you know, extremely diminished uh, okay. with, with everything we've seen happen. And, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think he perfectly fits the uh, Band-Aid um, designation. I think the team that's going to look for him is thinking they can bring the best out of him and still seeing the potential, especially with uh, what he can do uh, with his legs, that, that uh, he, he can be a guy that lifts you to, to winning games at a high level. So I don't know if he necessarily fits, but I, I, I do think probably Russell Wilson, I mean, with the point he's at in his career and we've seen kind of uh, his diminished play, I, I'm not totally past the point that he could be a productive quarterback uh, in the NFL, but to me, he's like the very definition of that. He is a guy that uh, you know maybe can keep you afloat for a couple years. I don't think you're going Going to be, uh, you know, competing for an AFC West title or to get to the Super Bowl or anything if you go out and get Russell Wilson. So to me, he's a guy that really uh, fits into that. Uh, Justin Fields, not as much, but I, I still don't really expect the Raiders to be uh, involved there either. Talking to Case Kiefer from the Las Vegas Sun. I want to talk some big guys up front with you because I know there's a, a spot near and dear to your heart. We had some talks with Andy Phillips about what's becoming a lost art for offensive linemen. He said run blocking mostly because this is such a pass-heavy league. Given the state of the Raiders' offensive line from a construction, which is a lot of unknowns, and then a developmental arc point of view, would you place more value on taking a lineman with early signs of proficiency in clearing out space for the run game like J.C. Latham or someone with a little bit more lateral athleticism and flexibility like Joe Ald? Uh, yeah, I'm probably more towards the latter. Um, you, you know, to me, that the, I think the lateral, the athleticism, that, that's more thing uh, you, you can't really teach, and I, I think it is just kind of uh, undeniable right now that, you know, year after year it's kind of more where uh, the NFL is trending. So I, I, I'm a bigger fan of, of the latter. That being said, if you have, uh, you know, someone that makes a huge difference uh, in the former um, it'll be interesting to see what this uh, new uh, regime philosophy is on that. But, yeah, I, I would be more towards the pass blocking, and you can, you can get the run blocking there. I just think it's harder to find guys that uh, have that elite footwork, that have that um, athleticism at that size. So, um, you know, I, I guess I'm always more forward-thinking in that uh, department. But but it does kind of make me think of an interesting thing. I mean, we've just seen run efficiency drop off, mm. you know, year over year. I know the Raiders didn't run the ball extremely well. I mean, they did at the end of the year. But overall, I mean, it was kind of a step back from last year. But it really wasn't that it, that uh, you know more stark than a whole lot of teams in the NFL, and maybe that is part of it is uh, you know prioritizing these linemen. But but that being said, that'd still be the direction I'd go. 
Case, uh, I got a chance yesterday to talk to Antonio Pierce about some of the comments that he made and some of the reaction uh, to those comments. We all heard about the Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, uh, rules that that, that that he set. And um, it, it was funny, and it reminded me a little bit of like a Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson would say things to take pressure off of his players. He would say things so that the focus was going to be on him, not the team. Um, he did that so often, and people played into it over and over and over again. Am I um, overthinking this a little bit to think that Antonio Pierce might be kind of going down that path? And first of all, I don't think he cares what anybody thinks. I, I think that's, that's, that's part of it as well. But it feels like he's willing to be that guy say, hey, look over here at me. It's fine. I can take it. You're going to um, you know, uh, criticize me, whatever. I'm fine with that. Keep the attention over here and let my players do player things and focus on winning football games. I think he's certainly uh, willing to do that to, to get to the last part of your question. I, I think uh, he doesn't mind uh, taking all the smoke, uh, uh, so to speak. I, I, I guess the thing I, I question a little bit is just to me this was, uh, you know, th- this was just another one of those stories that crops up because we all love the, the NFL so much and it's turned into such a year long thing that I think it's kind of much ado about nothing. I mean, t- to me, like obviously the, the the Raiders would be doing this, and I know maybe it's just we're used to a lot of coaches not uh, going and saying things as explicitly, but. To me, it was just like one small little nugget that, you know, even if it was, uh, you know, another time of year where a lot was going on, we might just say, oh, that's interesting, but it wouldn't turn into this uh, turn into this huge deal. But, uh, you know, we're just starved for NFL content. I'm not complaining about it. We love it. It's uh, wh- wh- why we have jobs. Obviously, we're talking about it 365 days a year. But I think he, and you know better since you've talked to him about it now, uh, just now, but my, my sense is he doesn't care at all. He would, he would uh, you know, take... Uh, he would take that heat from his players, take the focus off them. But I don't know if this, in this specific uh, instance that's what he was trying to do. I think this just kind of got uh, blown out of proportion and probably turned into a bigger deal than he ever imagined. Well, sometimes yeah, we do that. Yeah, don't, I mean, isn't that right, Vinny? Sometimes we'll take it a little too far. But at the same time, there is, since you actually beat Mahomes, it kind of goes in uh, like conjunction of like how we see this rivalry budding up each and every year, right, Vinny? Yeah, and, and uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but Vic Tafer uh, tweeted out, um, you know, something that somebody said, and and his his take was, which I per, uh, agree with wholeheartedly. Uh, Antonio Pierce, D D D G A F. Use your imagination uh, on, on what that on what that means. But I don't think he does. I don't think he cares what the reaction is going to be. And and as he told me, is what did I really say? Um, I told him. I read it a million times, not a million, at least ten times, and I listened to it about five times, and I'm like, what's the controversy in what he said? But to, to, to your point, Clay, I don't think he cares, and I think that that's refreshing, to be honest with you. You know, you don't want to cross the line. I don't think he did, and I don't think he will. But I like somebody that has the confidence in themselves to, 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 to be a straight shooter. It reminds me of how Tom Coughlin used to do it with the Giants. Uh, sometimes he would say things and be scorched earth in the press and sometimes take the attention away. And maybe that's uh, part and parcel something that Antonio Pierce learned. And, and also to the fact that we heard also earlier this week, Case, that Tom Telesco referred to uh, the Josh Jacobs contract situation. He used the words, uh, we are exploring ways to keep Jacobs, to keep Josh Jacobs. What do you think his going rate is in this market because of not only the draft for running backs, but other running backs in the draft or in free agency that also kind of cloud and murky up a certain market that could be valuable yeah i i mean i'm sure uh, all those guys that you know all the big name free agents out there are uh you know 
hoping right now that that it's a valuable market and they get what they want. I still, uh, I mean, I say it all the time. It's like beating a dead horse this time, but I'm still skeptical. I just think the way the NFL is going, um, I don't think these guys are ultimately going to draw the offers uh, they want. I mean, that being said, I, I do believe, uh, Tom Telesco, that the Raiders will make a uh, competitive offer. We know what Josh Jacobs has uh, meant to the team. We know that Antonio Pierce uh, is a big fan. I just uh, to me, I, I still feel like uh, these deals aren't going to quite be uh, what the running backs want, so I think it's going to be a really fascinating thing to watch in free agency to see how this all plays out because I just don't think you're going to see the monster deals that uh, we've seen so often before that more often than not turn out to be uh, a black mark on the books and really set your franchise back. So it, it's going to be fascinating, and uh, I think uh, Jacobs is uh, right up there with uh, the biggest ones to watch. Great stuff, Case. Thanks so much for coming on today. We wish you the very best, and uh, uh, we want to see some pictures from uh, the the Peppa Pig uh, Carnival and, mm-hmm. and and Universal, whatever you got. Send us some pictures, man. We want to see the kid having fun. All right. Look forward to uh, chatting with you guys next week. Thanks right. a lot. Thanks again. Case Kiefer, Las Vegas Sun and Las Vegas Weekly Magazine, at Case Kiefer on X. And, you know, going back to some of the stuff that uh, you, you take a look at, you know, during this week of the NFL Combine and, and players and coaches, you know, kind of uh, coexisting in a spot. And guys like Antonio Pierce is going to say things that are on his mind. But I think we're starting to get to learn a little bit more about the way he answers questions and that we can't always, uh, you know, derive all the truth from it, even though he does come out very upfront and says things that are on his mind and in his heart. But sometimes, you know, when guys do that, uh, we can't always take everything uh, as so literal. And I think that's something we're starting to learn with Antonio Pierce because he is somebody that will not shy away from an interview. Yeah, no, and I agree, and uh, I I do take him as one thing that I I do find him to be is a straight shooter, and, you know, if he can't answer a question, he's not going to answer a question, but I don't think he's going to purposely be deceitful. No. Um, I mean, literally asking him, you know, hey, are you willing to trade up? Yes, I am, basically. That's in my nature. I'm a go-getter. So uh, it's obviously something that the team has to talk about, and everybody has to uh, you know, be on the same page on. Obviously, there's no question about that. But he didn't shy away from well, you know, all, everything's on the table, or or you know, no, we wouldn't do that. And then tomorrow turns out that they, that they do it. So uh, I find it refreshing in that it's less coach speak and just more from the heart. And uh, and that speaks to somebody who has confidence in himself. You know, he said something yesterday uh, that was you know brutally honest. He's like, I'm only temporarily here. You know, you get hired to get fired in this business. I understand that this is a temporary thing. Um, And, you know, you hope for Antonio Pierce that when he leaves it, uh, the Raiders is going to be on his his terms rather than getting fired. But if you look at the percentages of all this stuff, one way or another, you usually get pushed out of a job. Let's just be honest about it. Who gets to go just riding off into the sunset? I'm sure Andy Reid will in Kansas City, but guess what? Andy Reid got fired in Philadelphia. So even he, the great Andy Reid, and he's as good as it gets, has been shown the, the, the door and been given a pink slip. So Antonio already understanding, like, this is just a temporary thing. Chances are I'm not going to be here uh, forever. Uh, you know, uh, not even chances are. It's a reality that he won't be. And so I think he operates from what do I have to be afraid of? If I know that that's the worst-case scenario that – there's a good ch- there's a there's a chance just like so many others that you know um, that, that I'll get fired or I'll get pushed out the door at some point. Hopefully that's ten years down the road for him. Then what do I really have to be worried about? And why don't and 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 for that reason, he's going to be one hundred percent 
unapologetically himself. And I think there's going to be an honesty that comes with that as well. Kind of like the guy in Detroit, Dan Campbell. It feels a lot like Dan Campbell where, look, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm going to always be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, I was me. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Hey, life doesn't always work out the way we want it to. But I wasn't somebody else uh, in my failure. I didn't pretend to be anybody else or deviate from who I am. And I can be proud about that part of it, even when it, if it didn't work out. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like not taking what he says literally, but it's more of just sometimes he's just saying stuff. Because he's so different like, from not every other Not everything is so loaded. Yeah. That's where it's like, well, well there has to be information. This is a word that is uh, that is uh, a curtain for another intention. Like sometimes he's just talking because that's what he is. He's an extemporaneous talker. When he went and did the intro co- press conference, he had nothing in front of him mm. except probably his people's names. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. So that's what he is yeah, and, and, and that's what he does. And the other part of it is, and I had, a, I had a conversation with somebody that's been critical of him last night, and I had a text conversation. Um, with that person and um, and one of the things that that, that I said is uh, in, in, in my text messaging was look um, his audience is are the players in his locker room and maybe the fan base too you know because uh, you're, you're trying to speak to, to, to that choir but more than anything it's to the players so when he's talking about being physical what the plan is for Patrick Mahomes he doesn't care what Patrick Mahomes thinks about that he doesn't think, care about Roger Goodell um, which I don't think Roger Goodell you know, uh, batted an eye about it. He doesn't care about Andy Reid. He doesn't care about me, you, Lindsay, whoever. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, say that with all due respect, obviously. He cares about his players. He wants them to be of that mindset. That is his audience. That's who he's speaking to. And it's okay to, um, to sometimes uh, uh, send your message on a bigger microphone where it's going to be heard by the masses. That is a tool. And it's a tried and tested tool, by the way, um, to be able to speak to your team. He's going to have those conversations regardless. Uh, but he's also going to not be going to be afraid to tell the world what he tells his team, hoping that he t- keeps hoping that his team keeps hearing that message and starts heeding that message. So um, there's to me, there's a little bit of a shrewdness in that as well. I, I, I agree with you, Lindsay. He's a talker. He's going to say stuff. And I'm not over reading into anything because it wasn't complicated at all. What right. he said exactly. about Patrick Mahomes, it was pretty damn obvious. That's how you have to play him. But I think where his shrewdness comes from is who he's really talking to and who he cares about in that regard. It's only those players in the locker room, the people that are working that in that building. And, you know, obviously he wants to get the fan base fired up as well. But he doesn't care what the repercussions would be or are if it's outside of that little realm right there. Let's hear more from Antonio Pierce. We'll come back from break and we'll, you know, ex- you know, here's some more from the scrum from yesterday because we're really starting to pry a lot of great information about Antonio Pierce in the direction of where they may want to go for the NFL Combine, but not before we get a few words from Dos Caras Tequila. Absolutely, and uh, I always uh, remind everybody if you're in Las Vegas and you just want to go buy some Dos Caras Tequila, uh, it's many different places, but really a great place to go is, is Total Wine. Uh, it's just a great store in general, but they have all of uh, Dos Caras uh, Tequila's you know, brands and, and, and uh, all of the, the, the specials that they have. Uh, so go check out Dos Caras Tequila over at uh, Total Wine. Uh, you also, if you want to go out and have a good time, um, Senior Frogs over at the Treasure Island Hotel, two-for-one daily specials of Dos Cotas Tequila. If you're not in Las Vegas and not in the area, uh, don't sweat it. Uh, they have an online presence, Dos Cotas Spirits. Just go to Dos Cotas Spirits, uh, and you can order whatever it is that you want from Dos Cotas uh, Tequila and have it uh, d- uh directly shipped uh, to you and to your house. So doscottaspirits.com if you're not in Las Vegas. 
O'Connell took the final knee, and the final play of the 2023 season is the victory formation. Antonio Pierce and the Raiders win week 18, and they beat the Broncos for an eighth straight time, 27-14 here at home. chance for you to win $2,024 Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. This is when you take action. This is fate and destiny. You need to chase your destiny and chase this $2,024 at your disposal if you win. All you got to do is text 702-365-9200 with our special daily code word. We'll be giving that away over periodically of every show that we have here on Raider Nation Radio. Today's code word, outlaws, O-U-T-L-A-W-S. Text that into 702-365-9200 and you could have a chance to win $2,024. All thanks to our jackpot. Thanks to Lotus Broadcasting Raider Nation Radio. And now we have more from Antonio Pierce's conversation with select invited special media members yesterday. And uh, it's really starting off with how all of this is temporary. You are a guy, a lot of guys get your job and they almost become corporate. You're who you are and nothing changes you. Does that go back to your mom, your grandma? Where does that come from in you? Yeah, because when I leave the job, I'm gonna be that guy I was before. I'm, this is a temporary suit. I'm not no fool. I got hired, I'm gonna get fired. But the one thing ain't gonna change about me is one. How I talk, how I walk, how I act. I don't miss my words. I don't bite my tongue. It is what it is. So like it, love it. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is I, no different. I told Mark Davis day one, man, this is me. I don't know what else you guys want. I mean, I tell everybody like, it's, it's not a joke. It's not a gimmick. It's, it's me, but you know, I think that's what people want to see. I mean, I walk through the halls. I see all these, you know, head coaches and former players and scouts and coaches and you know, those are the same guys that either told me I couldn't do what I was going to do or had my back and um, I keep receipts. On offense, uh, you can have a quarterback and, and weapons, but you know it's tough to have success unless you had an offensive line in place. Um, where do you feel like you guys need to improve with that unit moving forward? Yeah, I mean, to me, I would like to build this team. I think me and Teles can see the same way. It's got to be built in the trenches, man. I, I get it. We're going to get a skilled guy. we get a quarterback. But hell, nobody blocked for him. What does it matter? So really, I'd love to see us just really be really sound up front, man. I thought our offensive line the last uh, part of the season did a hell of a job, man. I thought they, they got together, they, they battled. Uh, you had guys battling through injuries, and they didn't want to miss one snap, and they played for one another. But you want to have that consistent group each and every week, and then you want to have a core group of guys. Again, I was fortunate for the organization I played for that those guys played together for seven years consecutively, and that was impressive to see. And when you look at teams across the league, I know it's hard for free agency, but you'd like to see that. That group, because that's the most, that's the one position where you got the most players on the field at one time, right? Those five alignment. And most teams, when they have this, they're pretty damn good, regardless of who's that quarterback, that running back, because they set the tone. And I think our guys really took pride in that. Colton Miller did a hell of a job. Uh, Jermaine, Mumford, Dylan. I mean, those guys, man, they battled their ass off. And I know it's free agency, you don't know who's gonna come back and go, but. Whoever we put in those places, man, that's going to be the mindset. And the front and then on defense, listen, you know we got some ends. And them boys showed up, right? You know what you're going to give them max. Malcolm Coons is coming to his own, and Tyree will be just fine. But just how good would it look if you just put a couple more pieces in the, in the middle of that defense, man? 
and now Max doesn't have to run so far on the outside because <laughs> that quarterback he can't he can't step up no more. You know what I mean? Because you got the inside, he got pressure and force. So I, I think for us, and that's my main focus, is really just building this team inside out. And I love to see us get some some badass dudes, man, that are heavy handed, physical, uh, that play the game the way that I see it being played. Do you see Dylan as a guard long term, or does this look up, up in the air a little bit as far as where you might want to I think Dylan can play any of those positions. I think it's all going to come based off of what we do in free agency in the draft, to be honest. But you saw a kid that fell in and center right away and did a hell of a job in those two games. Put him at guard, and I thought <clears throat> did a really good job of going against like the Chris Jones of the world. You know what I mean? Holding his own. You know, that's a tough matchup, but never blink, man. Never blink. So it's good when you have somebody that has that kind of position flex. Um, it gives us a lot of options. You called Josh Jacobs the heartbeat of the team. We asked Tom Telesco about bringing him back. He said, we want to prioritize bringing our guys back. How important is it to get J.J. back? I love it, man. Two-headed monster with him and White? Watch out. Just watch out. Like, that's – and Josh, I have so much respect for Josh because the last four games he battled, um, he tried everything possible to play. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. But he tried to the very last game, man, to play. And he had a lot on line. And that was unselfish of him to, to do that. And I really respect that and appreciate it. But at the end of the day, I know it's a business. I know he wants to get paid. I hope he gets paid to the Raider because I, I still believe that. Regardless of who's not here, man, he, he was one of my favorite players to watch, coach, and be around uh, because of his mindset. He is an alpha. He is what you want at running back. You know, He is that guy that when he talks, people listen and, and you respect that. And you watch the style of play and it, it fits what we want to do. You can't go into a year with one quarterback, so obviously you have to add some. But my, my question is, every time you talk, you bring up Aiden. You believe in Aiden. And I'm just curious, do you think some people overlook him? Yeah, I mean, because it's easy, because this is a hell of a draft class. <laughs> it's a really good free agents out there, too. But it's no different than the Minnesota game. Everybody thought I should bench Aiden or do something else. I stuck with Aiden. I said that day one. You remember I said, going forward, we're going to Aiden. I didn't. I don't, I don't go back because of what everybody tells me to do or what they think I should do. You see the body of work each and every day. When you're around somebody, you understand them a little bit more than when people just see him, say, on Sunday or at an appearance. I'm watching a gentleman who knows that he has a lot to work on. And the first thing he did after the season's over was get his butt right back in the building. First thing he did is when we got the staff was coming right up there and introduce himself. That's a pro. That's a pro. And it, it would be disrespectful for me to talk about anybody else other than Aiden. But Aiden does know there's competition. Devontae Adams knows there is competition. Max Crosby knows there is competition. So if you're going to do it with the quarterback, you got to do it with everybody. And that's one thing about this team is that they're very competitive. They understand this next man up mentality. I get the stars and all that, but yeah, we're a production-based business. Tom Telesco mentioned yesterday that one of the things that's impressed him is how many of the guys are in the building every day. <laughs> he says it talks about their commitment yeah. to their craft, but to their team. Could you talk about that, please? It's shocking. I mean, we're talking anywhere from 17 to 25 players since after the Super Bowl, each and every day. And I don't know why, but they seem to like to be around the building a little bit more. You know, they seem to understand what they can do to get better and help us get better and win. And I said this probably in my last press conference, there's some meat on the bone. And guys felt like it's unfinished, unfinished business, the season ended, and they wanted more. And that mindset is carried over into some of our core guys. And our main guy who's here every day, Max Crosby at 6 a.m., which he was there today, they're following his lead. 
And that's good to see, man. And like I said, it goes back to even Aiden. Those guys are leading by example. And whoever we bring in this bad boy, they got to follow the lead or they got to get out. And that's just how we're going to roll. But it's really impressive to see that they want to be around the building. Because I know how I was when I was a player. When the season's over, I was getting the hell out of Dodge. I want to get first away from the coaches and the facility. And I think we create a culture and a, and a fit at the building where it's okay to hang out. You know, we're not going to step on your toes. I, I, I give them a wave, see them. I don't, I don't check in to see if they're doing this. And that. I think that we're going to see results when we get out there in the spring. And more important, when we get to training camp. As the coach of the Raiders, you have a pretty big microphone. And we saw what happened with the, with the comments with the Patrick Mahomes rules. And when you see the reaction that some people may have taken that the wrong way, um, you know, uh, do you just kind of laugh because now people are actually keying in on everything that you say and, and, and what, what uh, Antonio Pierce has to say? I always heard good press, bad press, it's press. And if people want to talk about the Raiders in February, then we're doing something right. Even if they think it's wrong. They'll be right at some point. You mentioned, you mentioned Tyree. I know Max said he's been very tough on Tyree. As a coach, you got to love that. I'm sure I'm buying yeah. it. It must be something kind of rewarding for Tyree in the long run. It is. It'd be good. You know, I, I know Tyree took some time. Think about it. He didn't have offseason. Had surgery. Couldn't really work out. Won't we throw him in a fire? He's not quite there yet. You know what I mean? And um, came on very strong at the end. And he, we talked about it. He said, I'm going to take some time. Go with my family. Which I think he needs to. But the one thing I do know is that he's, he's going to be back here early in March before we get started April 15th, and he's going to be with Max. And that's Max's number one job is to get and bring Tyree along. But that's also Tyree's job because we can want it, but Tyree got to want it as well. And I think he does because last year he got humbled. When you're the seventh pick overall and you don't have the year that he expected to have, and you hear all the outside noise, and he knows it wasn't good. It was, hell no, it was ugly. It wasn't pretty at the beginning, but that's okay. He worked on it. He worked on it. And you saw the improvement. And that's the one thing you can sit there and say, okay, there's a gleam, that, that little gleam of light that you think going forward that the light switch. And you never know when that's going to happen as a player, especially as a rookie because they all come in, they're alphas, you know, they got money. Like he says, 15 a.m. running and walking around. It's all good. But at the end of the day, it don't matter because if you don't produce on Sundays, nobody cares. Antonio Pierce from yesterday's scrum. And we just hear some pieces of uh, – of, of that in the first hour and now here. And one thing that sticks out is uh, talking about all the guys that are participating and showing up in the building in this off season. And he says somewhere between 17 and 25 guys trying to help us to get better. What does that tell you? That uh, there's buy-in to demon time mm-hmm. that uh, for, for all the reasons that he, uh, he listed. And for some reason people feel more comfortable hanging around this facility, which I find uh, that's loaded. But uh, I, I think it speaks a lot to what Antonio has created where, like, there's this competition. There's, there, you're always uh, one step away from losing your job. But there's also a sense of ease, too, where people feel comfortable being in the building, going about their business, and that they're not being watched. Okay. Like, I remember when we would have, uh, like, captain's practices or skates before the season started and, like, coaches couldn't participate. But it was in the rink. We knew that she was in the office. And sometimes she would just – Walk out and watch a little bit. And that's a good thing to have that life's an audition. Like you should be on your your best behavior, best game as much as you possibly can because you never know who's watching. But there has to be a break point. You can't always be in this agitated state where it's like, uh, 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 uh. And so I think Mm -hmm. that he understands the kind of the the ups and the downs of that and what the off season is for, which is to get better. And I'll check in with you when uh, the date and the time is necessary, which is not right now. What do yeah, you think, 
Yeah, um, I, there's one little disagreement I have, uh, and that's that, that's been universal at the Raiders facility ever since they got here to Las Vegas. Um, they have strong participation um, this time of year. Uh, a lot of players are always doing that, and there's 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 a reason. There's a couple of reasons uh, for that. Number one. You know, I've worked in other markets. It's expensive to live year-round in California. So talking to Tom Telesco, it's hard for Charger players. And I know they make a lot of money, but, you know, you also want to save your money. So not everybody has a house in California. They'll rent during the season, and then they'll head back to where it's a little bit less expensive to play, where their money is going to be better used, and then work out there. You know, um, whether it's Arizona, wherever it is, wherever it is. And that's the same with the Rams. Uh, and other teams that are in expensive, um, you know, uh, cities. Also weather. You know, you don't want to necessarily be in Minnesota. Minnesota's a beautiful state, but, you know, it's cold in Minnesota a, a, a lot of the, the, the off season. So players go someplace where it's warmer. Well, here in Las Vegas, number one, it's extremely um, cost affordable to live here. Number one, so players stay year round uh, in Las Vegas. It's also a great city to live in. The weather's fantastic. Uh, the facility is fantastic. So ever since the Raiders got here, uh, there's been a year round presence there uh, with players. In fact, I was talking to Tom about that uh, about the differences, uh, you know, that he's already seen in this facility um, compared to others and and this city and and uh, the cost effectiveness of, of living here. But I do believe that the spirit that the Raiders have this offseason, maybe compared to last offseason, is probably different because I do believe as well uh, with what Tom T- or what Antonio was just saying, I, I do think that there's players that feel there's a lot of meat that's left on the bone uh, and they wanted to get back to work uh, ASAP. But it's been, it's, it's, it's been interesting to monitor that, you know, coming from Los Angeles and seeing the participation. And I drive by the facility quite often. I see all the cars that are out there um, and you could tell when the players' cars are out there. So, uh, so yeah, that's one of the great things about them playing in Las Vegas is, is, is that having that great facility and having uh, a market that's, that's really conducive to players living there year-round. You know, uh, Max talked about it several times during the offseason and OTAs and in camp, talking about how they're trying to build a family foundation with guys that are coming into the facility working hard and are happy to be there. And he'd often bring up the many times uh, in the first two years uh, where he was, uh, you know, a Raider that uh, that was not the case in the offseason. So I like the fact that, you know, as Max was trying to hoping to find like other kindred spirits, guys who loved to coming in and trying to get better. But uh, for for all that is being said, there is meat on the bone. And the fact that they're trying to like follow Max's lead, or at least they they found the right kind of free agents and the right kind of draftees in this organization now to carry over and to get better and find that there's unfinished business. But that also leads up to another foundational guy, and he, he was asked about uh, Josh Jacobs, and uh, you know he said he tried to, everything he could to play the last four games of the season. He's unselfish, but he also says uh, this is the alpha. It's exactly what you want at running back. I'd have to think that with everything they're trying to do, they really want to try to find the right sweet spot for this deal if they could explore ways to get him back under contract. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And real quick, going back to what Max said about um, those first couple of years. Remember, those were uh, up in Oakland, and uh, I know Q sitting right next to me, uh, a Bay Area guy. It costs a lot of money to live in in, in Oakland and the Bay Area to the point where uh, Max's rookie year. I don't know if he was part of this crew, but there were like five guys that lived in a place together uh, over by Jack London Square uh, in Oakland. Why? Because they had to pool their money together. These rookie players to live there. That was during the season, um, and so you can imagine. Imagine by the end of the season, guys like Alec Ingold and, and all the all the all the teammates that he was living with, you're probably sick of each other by then. So 
let me get the hell out of here and go someplace else, go back to uh, Wisconsin and uh, and train there. Uh, but so so that again, that playing up in Oakland and and at that facility, which wasn't the best facility uh, in in the NFL by 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 uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Being here in Las Vegas, I, I think, has really built that. Uh, and there's a lot of players that, that live close to each other. Up in the Bay Area, you can live an hour away from each other, depending on what your pay was. Here in Las Vegas or there in Las Vegas, uh, if you're making some, some decent money, you're living in the real nice uh, neighborhoods, and there's a lot of great neighborhoods in, in Las Vegas. But uh, back to your point about Josh uh, Jacobs, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that they definitely want him. But as you know, as Antonio said, uh, it still is a business. Josh is going to want to get paid, and uh, he's going to want to get paid what he feels he's worth. Um, and that might not be what the Raiders are, are, are entertaining. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays off, plays out because we know that they're not going to use the franchise tag on him. So they're not going to have any kind of control on him starting like right now, uh, which means unless they're able to take advantage of that exclusive negotiating window, which is coming up, uh, where you could talk to your own players and get them signed, if that week or so, a few days, whatever the, how, whatever the length is of that, expires without a contract that means josh jacobs is going to go out on the open market and find out what his true worth is and there's a chance uh when you're talking about being able to market yourself now to 32 teams rather than just one that one of those 32 teams out there is going to make an offer that the raiders aren't willing to to make uh and and for that reason there is a chance that josh jacobs might not be here so we'll see how it all works out it's Vinny live in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Lindsay and I are here in Las Vegas, and we want to hook you up with some tickets now. Call the phone number, 702-365-9200. We have a four-pack of tickets for the Rugby League in Las Vegas for Saturday's match on March 2nd. AllegianceStadium.com is where you can get the tickets, but i got a four-pack for you to bring the family. 702-365-9200 for the first time ever. National Rugby League kicking off its season on American soil this Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. A pregame tailgate party is actually starting at 3 p.m. First match kicks off at 5.30 Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium, 702-365-9200. Here I am, closing out the gate. Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonesignor on location for the draft combine. Just trying to close things up for the day. For our show, just minding my business on the Twitter and what do I come across is a, a little session with one of the prospects at the Combine, Vinny. I, you're going to have to catch up with uh, Tyler Owens because there's a little clip circulating on the internet and then people are picking it up where uh, he was asked what he doesn't believe in and it seems that he doesn't believe in space and other planets. He thinks that the Flat Earthers have uh, a, a few good points, but he's even you know spun from there. Uh, that would give me pause if I were looking to draft someone. But but who am I to say, Vinny? Is is that a concern for you? Yeah. Um, I, no, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I I would say you know check the film. And plus, you check know, the there's film. some long days, man, in training camp and practice. I might make for some really good conversation at the lunch table at the mill, you know, at the cafeteria. So or in the locker room when you're or on the team plane. So uh, anything that sparks some uh, interesting conversation, I think, is a good thing, even if it's something that's ridiculous. But hey. I like free thinkers, and I like people that have their own ideas and their own opinions and aren't afraid to uh, to stick their neck out a little bit. I totally disagree, obviously, but not bad to have somebody that uh, that might be uh, against the grain when it comes to uh, some some critical thinking, as long as he can hold his own on the on the on the field. Obviously, if it's a lunch table thing, I'm fine with that. I just don't think that's something I would bring up in front of the biggest job interview I've ever had because, like, logically, that doesn't make sense to me, and it seems like it. 
It would give me pause, but that's why I'm not in the position. That's why I'm here. I'm this where is why I you am. Gotta do was, those interviews. Yeah. But this was uh, did 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 he tell a team that is that was the was no? The it's at, it's just at a podium, kind of how you oh, were okay. you're at with with Terry on Arnold, where uh, I think it's uh, just it. a random Brent Sobels Sobleski is the one with the video. So if you want to find it on Twitter and uh, see for yourself and check the tape, um, you yeah, do that because because my my question is. Is you know I'd, I'd have to hear the question because the question could could have been hey has any team asked you if there's something that you don't believe in and what was your answer if it, if he literally if he if that was oh you know what he told the team it would be kind of interesting but you know you're talking about this is you know rock, football people so no chat you know uh, 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 dubious that they even know what the planets are out there you know <laughs> yeah. they know what a cover two is right yeah. but they, they may have a little bit of difficulty talking about you know uh, the moon and yeah, the yeah. Do, can they identify that. planets in the solar yeah, system come on. yeah that's a good question all right all our coverage that's is up reductive. online on our podcast page at lvsportsnetwork.com for Vidi, for Lindsay, i'm clay have a great day everybody rich eisen is next